You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. Hi, I'm Tim Robertson, and this is the MyMac.com podcast number 228. This week, Guy Searle, David Cohen, Mark Rudd, and I discuss the changes to the MyMac podcast moving forward, starting with this show and our new show starting next week, the Geekiest Show Ever podcast. Then Guy and myself review the Walla screen capture application from Global Delight. And on our third and final segment, we take a close look at iPhoto 09 and how we like the product after using it for a number of weeks. Thanks for downloading. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another exciting episode of the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 228, but in some respects, it's the very first one because we're changing up the podcast, and uh, we've got the regular gang here. We've got Guy Searle from Virginia. Hello, Guy Searle. Hey, Tim. I know that uh, a lot of the people that listen to the podcast will be very happy because the shows will be a little bit shorter. Yes, this show is going to be a little bit shorter, isn't it, David Cohen? It is, and that means I get to bed earlier, which yes, is great. Absolutely. <laughs> We also have Mark Rudd from California. Hello, Mark Rudd. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, shorter but more precise content. So yeah, it's going to be a lot more focused. Uh, we've got two... Se- That's the plan anyway. Yes, we've got three segments per episode. This is the first segment. Uh, this week's show, the first segment's going to be about the changes and what else we're going to be doing and that sort of thing. Segment two this week is going to be a review that of a piece of software that Guy and I use called Viola. Is that how you say that, Guy? Viola? Yeah, Viola, yeah, I so. Viola, Viola, something like that. Yeah, Viola. It's or you uh, can, you can roll roll the L or something. Yeah, I'm not, sure. I'm not sure either. But we'll we'll talk about that in the second segment, and uh, that's going to be me, Guy, and Mark. And then in the last segment, segment three, we're going to talk about iPhoto 09. That's going to be Tim, Guy, and David. Hey, Guy, do you have iPhoto 09 now? Oh yes, yes. iLife 09 finally, finally, finally came in. So you're going to be ready to talk about it. Uh, well, I'm, I've already spent a little bit of time uh, tagging faces, and, so, and I so you're ready to rock. As, as ready as I usually am. How about should... you, David? Yeah, I've had some time to play with it. Cool. So we're all set for segments two and three. Right now, let's focus on segment one. Uh, the first thing that the listeners probably noticed was a brand new intro music. That's uh, it's different. What do you guys think? Different. Oh, very, very. Uh, we were talking about this before we started. Very uh, dire straightish. I think so too, and it gives me a chance because it's a That's lot a longer bad. at the beginning. Uh, it gives me a, more of a, a chance to really say what the show is going to be about. Thanking the sponsors, I'm not rushed. Uh, honestly, I don't know what I'm going to say in the intro to this show because I haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that in post. In post. Um, <laughs> but I, I do want to send out a special thanks, uh, Vitor Kuna. Uh, V-I-T-O-R-C-U-N-H-A. That's his name. He has a brand new album coming out on March 1st called Connected the Dot, Connected by Dots. His website is at Vitor, and I'm going to say Vitor, V-I-T-O-R. Is that Vitor? Vitor? Could be. V- where is he from? Oh, man. Why are you going to do that to me? I know where he's from, but I'm just trying Back up. <laughs> I'm going to go to his bio on his website. I think I think it'd be like Victor, but without the C. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm going to, uh, yeah. but it doesn't look like it looks like Victor, but it doesn't have the C, so it messes me up. I'm not sure. 
What do you think? He'll clarify. I'm sure he'll clarify it. He probably will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a uh, singer-songwriter from Portuguese. He's a Portuguese, I should say. He's not from oh, Portuguese. Portugal. He'd be from Portugal. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent out a note on Twitter, oh, maybe a week and a half ago. And it was basically saying, I'm thinking about changing the theme music on the MyMac podcast. Um, but I wasn't quite sure yet. And he responded to me because we follow each other. And he said, why don't you uh, put a call out and have some people submit stuff? And I was like, I don't know. We we did that a long time ago. And um, I don't know if I'm real comfortable about asking people to do stuff for free anymore like that. Uh, he said he'd be willing to give it a shot. And he did. Uh, he sent the demo out, which I forwarded to you guys earlier in the week. And I really like it. It's more mellow. It, it's less rock and roll. But I think that our show needs to move away from the rock and roll sound at the beginning. I mean, we're not sticking it to the radio man anymore i mean <laughs> you know like, going like into our did. yeah going into our fifth year I, I think that we're we're pretty we are the man <laughs> i don't know if we are the man but yeah, we're old it's got, a, ni- it's got a nice easy nice easy groove tim i think i i like it what did you say uh david you said it sounded like dire straits yeah dire straits tunnel of love yeah it's kind of got that same kind yeah, that of sound vi- that it's, vibe yeah it's, it's, it's uh you know it it, it is it's a bit you know, we're we're getting older. We're slowing down a little bit. We're, uh, you know, a little less vinegar. Yeah, absolutely. The gentler, kinder. Yeah, a little, little more salt, a little less vinegar. That That's doesn't right. mean, uh, of course, our original theme was done by Kevin Reeves. That doesn't mean we're not going to break it out occasionally, though, because I still like it. It's it's original. It's I love the song. I yeah, love the he music. He actually had he had a couple of really really nice tracks on that album. That he did. He yep. Well, that our theme though was just for our podcast. Right. As is the one that uh, Victor did for us. I'm going to say Victor because it's just easier for me. Um, <laughs> well, your nose hurts, so we'll let it go. <laughs> exactly. Now, if you guys go up there, and his, I'm going to put a, a link to his website in show notes for, uh, well, actually, I'm, what I'm going to eventually do is, uh, because I'm so appreciative of him doing this, I'm going to put a banner up at MyMac.com for him. Uh, and I think that's fair. Don't you think that's fair? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, is that going to be on iTunes as well? Uh, you know what? I believe it is going to be, but... If it's not, you'll be able to buy it on his website. I know that. Um, he's got a lot of music that you can already listen to up there. He's got a uh, EP, and he's got like a music player that you, if if you go to his website, it says launch audio player, and it's a little flash player that pops up. So I've listened to a lot of his music. I would say his sound, um, and while our podcast theme sounds like him, it's not really indicative of what you're going to hear from his albums. When you listen to him, it very much sounds like a, a mash between Bob Dylan and Tom Petty. His vo- his, vo- uh, his vocals, his voice, his vocals. Um, I don't know if it's because of his accent or what, but I really, really dig it. It sounds really good. So, uh, again, really want to thank him. We've got, uh, let's see here, V-I-T-O-R dash com for those who don't visit the the show notes. So that's where you'll find all the information from Victor. So let's talk about what we're going to be doing moving forward, guys. I said it earlier a little bit, but let's get into a little bit more detail. What does this mean to the listener? Um, Guy Searle, what's, what's the new MyMac podcast all about? What are we going to be doing? Are you talking about the new show or are you talking about yes. the new format? No, no, the new format. How, what we're going to do with the MyMac podcast. Okay, well, well, essentially, the, the, the new format is 
it's going to be broken up in, into like roughly three 15-minute segments. The first segment will be for for news or any other things that we want to talk about before we start talking about Apple stuff. The second segment typically will be uh, either a software or hardware review that at least two of the people that are on the podcast at that time will have some knowledge of. And the uh, the third the third part will be uh, blah, 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 blah. Where am I? Third part will also well I guess that that's also going to be just talking about new features of of different software titles that we all you know know and love. Sometimes, sometimes, it, uh, for instance, next week's show we already know we're going to be talking about cloud computing and what that means to the, the cloud the, in the cloud. This week yeah. is going to be about iPhoto nine. Usually, the second segment though is always going to be a review or at least a how to. Um, right. Like next week's, we're going to be talking about iChat and the different stuff you can do in iChat, screen sharing, video chat, audio chat. Look, don't give it away. Don't give you know, it away. All that kind of stuff. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, and I have once in a while, you'll have a guest that we'll have on. So, you know, yeah. Well, add true. that in. Yeah. And, and as far as, as far as, you know, it's, it's, the format is, is still going to be three roughly 15 minute segments, but it's not so rigid that you know we can't switch them up where we'll have a software review for the third segment and an interview for the first or you know however we want to work it out yes but we're going to be sometimes it, we might have an interview that's going to take you know a half hour to do that's going to be like two segments right there so that show would only have one segment you know um, either the first segment or the last segment will be separate than the interview. So we're going to break it up some. We're going to make it shorter. That's probably been the biggest. Yeah. If, if we get a lot of complaints about our podcast, it's because they're so freaking long, an hour, hour and a half at times. Yeah, um, most of the reviews on uh, on iTunes that had anything negative to say had to do with the length, with the length. of the show. Right. So each segment, we're going to do our very scout's honest best to keep 15 minutes or less, and we're going to have three segments per show. Speaking of per show, we do have another show starting up, David Cohen. We do. So you, do you want to talk about that? Did you register the domain yet? Uh, I'm in the middle of doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just realized that. Before I say it out loud, maybe we better own the domain, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but, but we're going we're gonna to change it up a bit by, uh, by talking about some of the things we talk about outside of the podcast normally before we set up. So we're going we're gonna to talk about some geeky things and um, – you know, uh, it should be interesting. We'll talk about 80s music, 90s music. We'll talk about movies. We'll talk about comic books. We'll talk about TV shows, <laughs> uh, video games. And the thing, you know, the thing is, I, I know that, I mean, we sometimes we have talked at length about video games in the podcast, and some people give me feedback saying they really enjoy that, and other people say, oh, you know, it's not, it's not related to Matt, why you were going on about it. So this is an opportunity. If you like that stuff, then there's a different show, a different place to hear us talk about that and participate. And if you don't like that stuff, then you don't have to listen to it. So I think, um, I think it'll work better for everybody. Absolutely. So we do have the name of the show. Um, what's the name of the show, Mark Rudd? The name of the new show. Where, where's your drum roll cue? Drrr, so, I'm not going to put it in. <laughs> geekiest show ever. Geekiest show ever. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. It's going to give us, it's going to be a little bit of a departure from the MyMac. I really love the change in format of my Mac. I think the the segment breaking it down to a particular time frame kind of helps keep the ball rolling, keeps it kind of concise and on point. And then with geekiest show ever, it's going to kind of give everybody a chance to dig into some of these topics and just kind of sit around and talk and chew up some stuff about 
music and great movies and, and things that we've all kind of geeked out on, as well as our listeners. And uh, so it's a great opportunity for us to have those two contrasting shows and give a little bit of something for everyone. Yep. Yeah, yeah there'll be, there'll be technology you know, discussed as well. But it's it's not really going to be an Apple centric show. No, it's going to be and and what I foresee the show being, we're going to have two main topics on each episode. It's not going to be broke up into the little segments like the MyMac podcast is. Um, it could go an hour, hour and a half, <laughs> like the older MyMac podcast did. But it's going to give us a, an opportunity to talk about all the different things that we're interested in. I've been doing this podcast for almost five years now, and there's times I want to talk about other stuff, and it's just not always it possible. Right. With this podcast. So we're starting the new podcast. Anybody that subscribes to the MyMac podcast will get the first few episodes of Geekiest Show Ever. Um, eventually, though, if you like that, you're going to have to subscribe to that podcast because it yeah, won't be. Feed. Right. But it'll be probably the first, oh, two, three, four episodes will be in the MyMac feed once a week. We're going to release that show on a Monday morning. Maybe Sunday night. We'll see how that goes. And it's only going to be twice a month. So every other week, we'll be recording that show. Uh, that being said, though, uh, Guy Sero, you're going to miss the inaugural episode. Yeah, yeah. And I was really kind of bummed out about that. But, you know, there was some, some family stuff that came up. And uh, since my wife is unable to be in two places at the same time, and I'm working on that, there's just no way I can do it. Well, it, things come up, and, you know, it, it, that's going to happen with this show as well. Yeah. So let's let's uh, take a quick break uh, and talk about our sponsor, Otherworld Computing. Last week I talked about on show 227 the USB 2.0 Hi-Fi stick, Wi-Fi stick. Uh, I really like this product. It's 25 bucks. They actually listened. The people at Newer Technology listened to the show last week. Uh, they were real happy with what I had to say about it, and they want to take some of my quotes and put it on the packaging and on the website and stuff like that, which is cool. But I don't want people to assume that uh, I only said what I said because they're paying us to say that, which is true. But by the same token, um, this is a really cool product. I, I really, really like it. And I really encourage people to go out there and pick this up for 25 bucks if you have an older Mac that you want to get online. Now, they also mentioned, guys, that uh, if you remember right, my Lombard PowerBook has a dead battery as well as a dead Pram battery. Oh. Yeah. So they're they're talking it's about life support. Yeah, and they're talking about well, maybe they'll send me a battery to uh, to get that thing back up and running full time. So yeah, that, that was cool. nice. That'd be kind of cool. cool. And that could be. You know, there's people out there that are still using Lombard and Pismo power books because they can't. They simply can't afford something brand new. You know, mm. after you, after you talked about it last week, I found myself browsing the vintage Apple section on eBay, thinking, oh, I haven't seen one of those machines for a while. I'm kind of tempted to to get one just for the nostalgia value. How much were they going for? Uh, they're, well, they're about um, well, they're, they're they're around fifty, sixty pounds, so about hundred hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah, and honestly, well worth it. That machine, is, yeah. yeah. And and think about this: this is this is a a laptop that is now almost ten years old, still selling for a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Show me a Dell that's doing that. Yeah, or even a Sony for that matter. Pretty cool. But check out MacSales.com, Otherworld Computing, and uh, they've got your hookup. We'll be right back with our second segment where uh, Guy, Tim, and Mark are going to talk about a piece of software. We're back with the MyMac Podcast. 
And now we're going to go into a uh, segment where we're going to discuss, or Tim and Guy are going to discuss, the new program, Voila. 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 So, Guy. Well, tell us about it, guys. Yeah, Guy, Guy and I got this. Uh, I, you got this at Macworld Expo as well, didn't you, Guy? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, the, the, they actually had a, uh, a setup in the press room for some of the smaller developers, I think on uh, Wednesday, the second day of, the, uh, of Macworld Expo. And this was one of the companies that they had. And kind of, I mean, it was really kind of crowded. And just kind of looking over somebody's shoulder, I was watching them, you know, manipulate some graphics. And they were talking about Voila as a screen capture program. And it, it kind of intrigued me from what they were doing on the screen. And so I think both you and I had asked them for a review copy of it. Yes. Uh, they actually gave you a physical CD right there, though, right? Well, they gave anyone who asked a yeah, physical CD, right. but I, I had talked to them you know, or communicated with them over email, and they sent me a license for yep, it. Yeah, they did the same thing with me. So we both got it. I've been uh, using it for, I don't know, close to a month now. Um, I do a lot of screen capture, Guy. Obviously, if you look at the MyMac website, there's right. a lot of articles that I have to pull graphics off of other websites and stuff like that. And the only way to do that easily is to use screen capture. Sometimes graphics on a website is flash-based. I can't just do a, a right-click copy and paste into Photoshop. So I have to take a screen capture. On a, what is it, uh, Apple Shift and either Shift. number three or four. It depends on your keyboard. It depends yeah. on your computer. Yeah, and you can set that up. But that's what I use. And I, I set Voila up to do the same thing. So do you want to go over some of the features on uh, what Voila does and, and how you used it, Guy? Yeah, sure. Uh, es essentially, you you have three different options for the type of screen captures that you can get. You can go full screen, you can do a box selection, and you can do a menu. Though I have to say that the the menu part of it, where you can you can capture a menu off of off of another program, is really kind of convoluted and doesn't really work that well. I managed to get it to work, but it just seemed more complicated than it really had to be. But on the other hand, it's also one of the few programs for screen captures, you know, for static screen captures that does something like that. Yeah, you can do uh, annotations, effects. Um, it works pretty well. And, and it's an application. It's not just screen capture. So you can actually bring in graphics. Yeah, graphics from like iPhoto or something right, like that. Right, and, and, and edit them there, although it's very, very limited, especially if you have a dedicated graphics program that you're used to using. It's probably not what you're going to want to rely on. What no, it, does, it, does it let you put, the when you're importing something, does it let you put it in layers, or is it just put it all in the same one layer and you move it around? Or Everything is basically on one layer. Yeah, actually, it's flat. Actually, yeah, let, let's kind of back up a little bit there. There is no layers per se. It's not like you can take a, a graphic image and then bring in another graphic image on top of it and have two different graphic images that you're moving around. It right. doesn't work that way. Yeah, and there's no so real transparency. No, you can do transparencies. But it's not on layers, so it's not no, real it's not transparency. Right. right. And uh, the tools that they have, I I mean, they're not bad. You know, you've got a brush tool, you've got a paint tool, a spray tool, you know, text. All the usual, uh, all the usual criminals, and uh, they got a couple of effects, and and the tools and effects that they have do work very well, you know. But the biggest problem with it is this is the type of program that is trying to to be all to end all, you know. It's trying not only be a screen capture program, it's trying to be a graphics 
manipulation program. And on that part of the program, it really kind of falls down. And, you know, my biggest complaint about it, Guy, is, number one, there's a lot of other products in this category. Probably the flagship product would be Snaps Pro. Right. Which will also do audio and video. This doesn't do that. It's just screen capture, just pictures. Right. But it's and $40. There, yeah. And for and, and there, are, there are a couple of, of – uh, I, I actually looked at it the other day, and I can't think of what they are. There are a couple of free products – that let you do screen captures besides, of course, the ones that are built into OS X. Um, for $40, this program should do a little bit more. If, if it simply had the ability to have layers, to have more than one graphic dragged in and manipulated at the same time, then I would be looking at it $40, well worth the price. And I, I would have to add to that uh, video capture. Um, well, Without video capture and a screen capture program, it's very limited. I mean, so many more people are doing video stuff now, and they want to capture something on their screen. This just doesn't do it. It also doesn't allow you to do, at least not that I found, timed captures. Um, you know, say, I want you to take a screen capture in five seconds. No, it doesn't do that. But as far as as far as far video goes, most of the programs that do video screen captures are, are much more expensive than this product by uh, Global Delight. Yeah, but I'd still like to see it, especially with all the other things that it already does have. Uh, that being said, I mean, it, it, it's not a bad product. I just think no, that it's a little it expensive. Well. It does work for, well. For, for what it has, for what it has, it works really well. You know, And I should also add that as far as some of the other tools have, it's got an iPhoto export tool. It's got a mail export tool. You can easily print from it, change your views. You know, it, it the, the things that it does, beyond the limitations that we've already talked about, it does very well. You know, I guess my big deal with it is that you, you, you don't have layers, and it's a little bit pricey. Yeah, and, and I, I would say that this is very much a version 1.0 product. Um, I think that as time goes on, this is going to be something to watch as they add a little bit more sophistication to it, uh, a little bit more time spent giving us the features that we really need in the screen capture. Because quite honestly, I can do everything that this program already does with Photoshop, and I already own Photoshop, so I don't need to have. Right. I don't need to spend forty dollars more for less features than I already have with Photoshop. Uh, a lot of people yep. don't have Photoshop because it's a very expensive program. Go ahead, Mark. Well, that's true, but but most everything that that you would use Photoshop for, you can do within Photoshop Elements, which is only like about forty dollars more than this program. And right. the only thing you're missing is that initial screen capture. And there are free programs, or nearly free programs, much less expensive than uh, Voila. Oh, you could do, do it. You could do it directly on the Mac. Macintosh has that. I mean, you can. Um, Command Shift Four will will take a picture for you. Sure, you don't sure. need extra software to do that. Right. Well, there one question I have, and that is, um, Apple did quite a, a few upgrades to Preview in uh, Leopard, and Preview now gives you the ability to uh, annotate right on anything that you screen cap or bring into it, open up, and then out output it. So I'm wondering uh, if you don't want to spend the money on. If you don't have Photoshop and you don't have Photoshop Elements and you don't want to spend uh, the forty dollars, I mean, is there anything that this differentiates? Yeah, yeah, there is. That oh, yeah, would allow it. To, yeah, I, that, would, well, that someone would want to use yeah, it I mean, over something like that. It, it does I, I, shapes. I don't, want to sell, I, don't, I don't want to sell the program short. Right. Um, it does shape. Effects, shapes. Yeah. Is, that's a that's a big thing right there. The the ability to capture 
uh, pre-sized shapes is really kind of cool. And if something doesn't fall in with that shape, uh, it doesn't capture that part of the program. So if you just want like a circle, it will capture a circle for you. Now, of course, the file itself will be square, but it will be transparent around the circle. And that's very yeah. cool. So it masks it too. Yes, it does masking. It also does call-outs. You could do like little thought bubbles like in a comic book. Right, you could that's do that. in the tools. That's in the tools. And it does we arrows. stamps. Arrows is very, very cool in that um, you could do that in Photoshop, of course. But with arrows, if you want to point at something specific, if you're doing a product review or you're, you're capturing an image for a lesson plan, that's very cool. Yeah. So that being said, requirements, you have to have Leopard running 10.5.2. Uh, and if you're going to use better. or better, or if you're going to use uh, exporting or importing uh, annotated images in iPhoto, you have to have version six or up. Uh, it takes a uh, Intel Core Two Duo 1.83 gigahertz and right, one gig of RAM. Pa- it won't run on a power PC. I know, and it, the weird thing is, it says it's universal, but yet it says it needs. But well, it, actually, it says recommended. It doesn't say it, it has to have uh, an Intel. So if it's universal, it should run on a power PC. Running ten five two and above. So basically, yeah, I didn't, it, it's, I didn't try it's, it, it's better than what's standard on the Mac OS, but still a little too pricey. I think it's a little bit too pricey uh, because of the price alone. Uh, I see this as more of a nineteen ninety nine program guy because of the price. I'm probably going to give it uh, a three out of five. Yeah, I, I would go with a three out of five as well, uh, based on price and that the, that you that it won't do layers. Yeah. So that's our segment for our review of Viola. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, voila. Voila. <laughs> yeah, we, we called it Viola in, in the, the previous segment. That's We're right. very, very sorry, Global Wa- Dynamics. Yes, voila. Or Global Delight. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking. It's going to be me, Guy, and uh, David Cohen. We're going to talk about iPhoto 09. We'll be right back. And we're back, and this time we're going to be talking with, uh, uh-oh, looks like Mark uh, held himself remotely. That's, well, why not? That, that's what it says in Skype. He's <laughs> held remotely. Well, since you're not here, I can't hold you here. You pretty much have to be held remotely. <laughs> so, so we're going to be talking. guys do a lot. That's right. So it's uh, it's me, Tim Robertson, David Cohen, Guy Searle. We're talking about iLife 09s, and in specifically iPhoto 09, yeah. What a great, great upgrade. You know, last year with iPhoto 08, guys, I thought finally with with these events that you could sort things by events, that's the way that I want to find pictures. You know, I want to go back to Christmas last year. I could quickly find that. Uh, I want to go back to a birthday. I can quickly do that. But the one thing that I couldn't do was do a search for a certain person, unless I literally went into each and every picture and typed in on the notes who who was in that picture, and let's be honest, and then no, do a search based on that. Yeah, and nobody's going to do that, are they, David? No, I don't. I, well, I, I guess those of those of us who are extremely annual retentive might do. You know, I mean, some people are really into tagging, um, and you know, ta- if you. I find if if you tag photos as you import them, then okay, it kind of works. But if you kind of leave it and then think, oh, I'll come back to it later, of course, you never do. 
uh, and then you end up with 5,000 photos that all need tagging and you're not going sit, to sit down and go through all of those. So, um, you know, other I think the approach that Apple takes to everything in OS X, which is, you know, not to try and constrain you to doing things a certain way. You don't have to store things in certain folders. You've got spotlights so you can search right across the same machine. I think they're bringing that same ethos now to iPhones and the other iLife apps to basically say you don't have to be, you know, doing do it a certain way, uh, come, at, come at it from a certain box. Yep. Well, let's let's start at the the beginning. Installation. How was your installation guy? Any problems with that? No, no no problems at all. Uh, it, it took a while for it to update the iPhoto database. Uh, and I probably don't have nearly as many pictures as uh, as you do. Um, I don't know. I've got, jeez, oh, you know, I don't even know, like 10,000 photos now? Something like uh, that. Let me do a quick look here. I would, well, but I'm recording I've the show. I've got about and... uh, 3,200. 3,200. See, now I have to know. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> now, if, if the whole podcast comes to a screeching halt, because when I launch my iPhoto, and, and this is one negative that I'm going to give it, it takes a lot longer to launch than iPhoto 08 did. And I'm talking twice as long. Now, the, technically, okay, f- uh, that wasn't very long, actually. <laughs> that was and actually, now it's up. And, and it's up that fast. All right, now take that back. Uh, take take back the bed, Mark. <laughs> Excuse me. I have 9,041 pictures. Um, that's a lot of photos, I think. I think that's probably more than most people. Or do you think that's probably the average nowadays, David? Uh, well, I, I guess it depends. I mean, my iPhone library is quite small because I, I, uh, I'm a Lightroom user. So uh, because I like to process stuff in RAW in Lightroom, I tend to use iPhoto as once I finish processing things, then I will drop the JPEGs out into iPhoto so I can use it. So uh, I, I suppose it just depends on, on you know where it fits into your photo workflow. But I, I think a lot of families will have Macs with a big library on, you yeah. know, particularly if they've got kids. And if they've been using iPhoto for a few years now. Yeah, uh, digital photos are ambiguous now. I mean, everybody has them, and I think yep. they've had them for a number of years at this point. Um, yeah. So, I don't know nine thousand photos. I'm going to say that's probably a little on the the high side, um, but I could be wrong. So it took me probably after I installed the program and I launched iPhoto iPhoto 09 for the first time. Um, I think it took around I don't know a little less than an hour to process all the photos and get it up and running. And there was a big thing on Twitter that everybody, if you updated to iLife09, to post how long it was taking to import the library. And I think the average time was about an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, And I'm running it on a 2.8 gigahertz um, iMac. iMac, yep. So I don't think that that's a very long time at all for everything that it needed to do. No. Now, I wonder how long it takes on on a PowerPC. Um. I've got it. Well, it depends on the power PC, but I'm going to say it's probably a lot longer. Yeah. Um, how long do you think before iLife? You think the next version of iLife, which I don't think is going to be iLife 10, I think iLife 11 is probably going to be the next one. Um, do you think that that's going to support the power PC? I don't. I think that no, no. It, already, no. there's some features in this version of iPhoto that don't work um, if you have a if you have Power PC Mac. Uh, well, that that's so. almost across the board. I mean, almost every single program within iLife, there are features that that don't work if you have a Power PC. You know, both my kids, uh, my my older son Guy is on my old G4 uh, Power Mac, and Peter is on an iMac G5, and I haven't installed iLife 09 because there are just certain things that it won't do. By the way, I want to correct my speech earlier. It's 
uh, ubiquitous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like some kind of southern breakfast. Yeah, thing. no, my mind's just well. As you guys know, I don't feel good today, so <laughs> that's my uh, excuse. Uh, somebody in the uh, chat room says they have nine thousand four hundred seventy-three pictures. Uh, hopefully, they'll let us know how how long it took to update their iPhoto library to iPhoto nine, or I'm sorry, iPhoto nine. So, well, how long did it take you? Uh, about an hour. Okay, well, that's, that's not bad. Mine was like uh, forty minutes, I, I think. Uh, he still hasn't, uh, he has not done it yet. Okay. So probably the big thing about iPhoto 09 is faces. Guy Cyril, how has faces worked for you? Have you started tagging pictures and, um, how accurate is the application? Uh, it's been fairly accurate. It, I've, I've only got about six people that are tagged so far and I haven't gone through the whole library. Um, especially when you have kids going all the way back to when they were infants to, you know, my kids are now. 12 and 14, uh, their faces change quite a bit. And iPhoto had some problems differentiating between my son Guy and my son Peter, and actually occasionally me as well. But for the most part, it's been, it's been fairly accurate. Uh, I, I, I've been having to go through the, the library and hitting faces and adding them into uh, uh, some of the tagged areas that I already have. You still there? Just, yeah. Okay. Um, I found when I first did it, uh, what I did was I went through about, I don't know, a couple hundred pictures and just manually tagged a whole bunch of people. Right. I thought that's probably going to be the way to go. And then I went into faces and each individual person's name and saw how it did. Um, from what I saw, and I don't know if this worked for you or not, David, uh, the first run through, it was not very accurate. And then you go through and you tag, yes, this is the person, or no, this is not the person. Um, after it goes through that initial first one, is this who is this, is this, and you say yes or no, the second, third, fourth time is much more accurate. Yeah, there's, 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 it's definitely going through a learning curve. The, the one thing that impressed me the first time I ran through it is, in fact, how good it is at actually identifying faces themselves, even yes. if it doesn't know who they are. Those little boxes it draws on are, are always pretty much right on the money. Yep. And I, w I was expecting it to, you know, kind of pick some things up from backgrounds and, and that sort of thing. And it's amazing how it can pick up a face from the background I as have well. seen it a few times. It's, it's pointed at someone's elbow and says, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, Tim's uh, elbow. Um, but, it but doesn't I, like portrait or uh, side views of faces very good, though. I've noticed no, that. No, well, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's not as good as that. But um, one thing I have noticed as well is, is if you take a picture of a room and there's there's other pictures in the room oh, in the yes. background, it will spot them and it will put the little box around them. Yep, I mean, I've, it really I've seen is. That. Yeah, it really is quite quite amazing technology. I, I like faces a lot. I've probably tagged um, twenty thousand faces so far. Now, if I only have 10,000, well, 9,000 photos, you know, each photo has multiple people in it usually. So 30,000 faces tagged, that's a lot of tagging. Uh, my concern is if I move up to uh, another machine and I have to re-import my photos, but not necessarily my photo library, is those tags in the photo itself? I'm going to say yes, and that's based on the fact that you can upload pictures to Flickr or Facebook with the tagging or, feature. Or, or mobile me. Or mobile me with the tagging features. So there's got to be some kind of metadata that it's putting in the picture itself. But I haven't seen anywhere where they've confirmed or 
um, disprove that. Have you guys? Uh, no. Nothing so far. No. Uh, what do you guys think about places? Have have either of you used that yet? Now, David, no, you I, probably I have, have a camera with yet. GPS, right? Well, I don't have a camera with GPS, but I have been looking at using the GPS in the iPhone as a as a as a camera tracker. I mean, it's there's only a few compact cameras on the market that actually have built-in GPS, and you know they're not that great cameras. So, um, you know, I. I'd, I, I would advise anybody who wants to get into sort of really sort of using GPS is to actually use a third-party unit or an iPhone or something like that. You run you run the piece of software that tracks where you're going, um, and basically records that as a track, exports it out the GPS, and then then feed it through into um, something like Huda Geo, and it will it will tag all your photos with the actual coordinates of where they were taken based on the timestamp. I know that uh, Owen Rubin is doing a review of that little uh, GPS card. That yeah, the, 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 is, that, is that the iFi card? Yes, the iFi card. Yeah. Now that's something that you'll be able to put in a regular camera that will. I, it's amazing that uh, an SD card basically will have yeah. a GPS system built in. Well, it doesn't have no, it doesn't have GPS. The iFi. Um, I, I talked to Don McAllister about this because he was he was after something to do this when he goes on a trip in a few weeks. Uh, the iFi is a, is a Wi-Fi card. Ah, okay. So and it and it's designed to upload photos to a Wi-Fi hotspot. So it uses the same. Um, Wi-Fi hotspot tracking that the first-gen iPhone does for Google Maps. So um, it looks at where the hotspot is, and it knows where the hotspot is. But obviously, if you're not in range of a hotspot, then it it can't track anything. It doesn't actually have GPS in it. Right, it's using Skyhook technology, because that's that's what Owen's telling me in a chat room. So that's (laughs) That's using Skyhook technology. I wonder how long it is before they could put GPS in cards, though, so it doesn't matter what camera you're using. You put your SD card in, and Boom, it's got GPS. Because you just need to know where the photo was taken. You don't necessarily, we don't need turn by turn or anything like that. They just want to give the coordinates. Because that's what iPhoto is looking at. Yeah, exactly. So I don't use that myself either. Although, and this kind of surprised me, I've got a first gen iPhone. And for instance, I was in Utah not too long ago and I took a few photos there. So when I clicked on places, I wasn't expecting to see anything listed well it picked up any picture that i took in utah as being in utah so it was using that wi-fi thing to kind of triangulate where it's at um and it also did it with some of the photos that i took at macworld expo with my iphone so that was kind of cool but i don't know i i guess if you're a travel nut and you've got a high quality camera with gps places is kind of neat but i think this is more of a future technology. This is something that Apple's putting in now, knowing that more cameras are going to have this technology in the future. Well, I think yeah. it's worth I think it's worth bearing in mind, though, that you don't have to use it with the GPS at all. I mean, it has Google Maps integration. It has various different ways of allowing you to tell the, tell the, the, the system where the photo was taken. So if you want something fairly high level, like, you know, you were on vacation and you just want to tag the photos with the country you're in, you'd be able to do that Quite quite easily manually yourself uh, as part of the events or part you know and effectively it would be embedded in the data. It doesn't need to be as specific as getting down to the actual grid reference you were on where you took that specific photo if you don't want to. So you don't have to do the whole GPS thing if, if you're not uh, if you're not into that. Have either of you guys used the online sharing with Facebook yet? Not yet. No, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a downer at Facebook at the moment. I, I can say I, I've <laughs> I've uploaded a lot of photos to Facebook, and 
most of those were uploaded before I had iLife 09 and consequently iPhoto 09. The the tagging feature within you you when you upload a picture from iPhoto 09 to Facebook and I'm going to assume to Flickr as well because I haven't used Flickr yet with iLife or with iPhoto. I keep saying iLife because I, that's how I think about the whole thing. Um with the Facebook tagging feature, when you tag someone, you see their name right there in the picture. And if you click their name, you'll go to that person's Facebook picture or Facebook profile. That's the whole point of tagging. And they will also know when you tag someone because they'll get a message saying, hey, you were tagged in so-and-so's picture. That kind of tagging feature doesn't work the same way with iPhoto 09. When you upload a tagged photo, it doesn't notify that person because there's no correlation between that person and the person on um, Facebook. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so if Guy uploaded a bunch of pictures of me that he tagged in iPhoto, I'm not going to get a message from Facebook saying, saying that, yeah. Guy just tagged you in a whole bunch of photos because the name that he's putting on there isn't tied to my Facebook account. It doesn't know that it's the same person. So, so you have to... You'd have How to would tag you tie them, them up? Well, you, uh, you you'd can't. have to go into Facebook separately. And tag, tag it there. there. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of a putting a crayon mark on it, saying this is who this person is. It's not necessarily real tagging, online tagging that you would do in Facebook and Flickr. So it's a little misleading thinking that you're going to be able to put the stuff into um, iPhoto and it's going to push it up to the site. It really doesn't. It, it's it's basically text. Um it, but the text doesn't show up unless you mouse over it, so that's kind of nice. I haven't tried it the other way. I haven't downloaded something from Facebook or Flickr that's been tagged with someone's name, and then that person's automatically tagged in my iPhoto 09. For instance, let's pretend that I didn't have any photos of a guy, and I download something from his Flickr account or his Facebook account. Will I automatically have a new Guy Searle? In my faces, I don't and know. who can't use another guy, Searle? You know, we were talking about, earlier about faces guy, and I've got a lot of photos from the last three Macworld Expos. I also have a lot of Santa Claus photos from my kids. Yeah. It, it uh, constantly thinks of that uh, your brother Larry is Santa Claus. It always asks. <laughs> Actually, it, I, I'll, go, I'll go into Larry's faces. And it always puts all the different pictures of Santa Claus that we have. <laughs> is this Larry? Is this Larry? Is this Larry? Every Just one of yes. them. Just yes. say yes. It's Larry. It's Larry. Theme slideshows. This is some. Yeah. Theme slideshows is another new feature. I don't know if you guys have used this or not, but I got to say the new theme slideshows are really cool. I, I really like them. I, I, well, that's how, what is it, I, how is it different from the slideshows in previous versions? Uh, the previous versions, it would show you one photo, and then it would go to the next one, and sometimes you can have a dissolve, or you can do the pan and zoom, or you can even have it so all the photos just basically fly onto your desktop, and it's just a big mess of photos. This one now will show you three photos at once, like two smaller ones on one side and then one big one on the other. Um, more like a photo album, and it's really a nice effect. It looks great on screen. Unfortunately, um, it only does it on a dual monitor system. It only does it on one monitor. It doesn't oh, do it yeah. on dual monitors. And that's it's like, you know what, Apple, you guys have supported dual monitors forever now. This application should be dual monitor aware. It doesn't make a lot of sense. The, no, the built-in screen of, it's kind of a consumer app, isn't it? Though, so yeah, maybe, but the, maybe... the built-in screensaver on the Mac OS X 
will do dual monitors and do different pictures on each monitor. So I don't understand why Facebook doesn't do it. Or, I'm sorry, why I, iLife doesn't do it, iPhoto. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at that right now, and it's got some neat-looking effects for it. It's it's really great. I, I If you're going to show off pictures, if you're going to have a fav, family gathering and you set your Mac up, you, you launch uh, iPhoto 09 and start doing some slideshows, it's going to get people's attention. It's really nice. Yeah, one really, really good way to do that is to set up, like, an event with all the pictures that it is that you want to show. And once you have the event set up, you basically just hit slideshow, and it does all the work for you. Now, you know, you can actually send those slideshows to your iPhone. No, well, I don't have an iPhone. Yeah, you can, and it looks sharp. I've done it, and uh, I I, I pulled that out. I think this, yeah. You you go into uh, your iPod on your iPhone and go to the videos, and it's right there. And it looks really, really slick, man. And I, I think that's a really clever idea because, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, oh, nobody ever prints photos out anymore. And that's because, you know, they do want to present them on electronic devices. You can yep. get all these uh, all these uh, f- electronic photo frames now that will take a card with photos on and, and roll them over. So I think, you know, coming up with new ways to present photos in a nice way, particularly on a device that you can carry around with you, is a very smart move. Uh, the other thing that's new is uh, enhanced editing. I don't use it. I don't ever. In, I, I never use iPhoto to um, work with my uh, photos because I have Photoshop. <laughs> you yeah. know, Photoshop's advanced features blow away what iPhoto can do. But for the average consumer who doesn't have Photoshop, there's some really powerful stuff there you can do within iPhoto to make your pictures look a lot better. Well, I mean, let's face it. Most of what people are going to be doing from within iPhoto to adjust their pictures is going to be to lighten it up, um, maybe turn it black and white. I mean, just the the simple stuff. And iPhoto does the simple stuff really well. Uh, The last thing is travel maps. I I can't imagine ever using that myself. Now, travel maps allows you to uh, create like a um, an Indiana Jones red line over your uh, photos. Yeah. Yep, it kind of animates yeah, where you were at. But on it, has, trip it has and, to be set up in places, though, first. You have to have places. Yes, a- absolutely, yeah. But, it, you know, use Google Maps, and uh, it, it'll do, like, the little arrow, and then you went here, and there's the photos from here. and It looks cool, but I, I I don't know. Until I actually go into places and really set up a lot of photos, which, I don't know, I'm just not into. I, I don't go to that many places to make it worth my time. I, I guess all those people who, you know, 20 years ago would yeah. have a 500 carousel slideshow of their last holiday. Those The people who like to do that digitally will probably get a kick out of that feature, but everyone else will probably look at it once and then never use it again. Yep. So that's our show this week. Uh, I want to thank uh, David, Guy, and Mark for joining in on all the fun. We'll oh, be back. Great. Yep, we'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to talk about Hulu is getting off of Boxy, which is kind of big news for Apple TV users, David. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. But just before we go, one thing I want to mention, I uh, gave away some stuff last week on Oh, that's the right. That's oh, right. I forgot about that. So, so um, <coughs> Jeremy North, who's, who's there in our chat room, um, he got a nano case. And um, Daniel Phillips... Who's who was not a European listener, but I I felt I took pity on him because he responded so quickly. Uh, I sent him an iPhone 3G case as well, and so you'll be getting those in the next few days, guys. Awesome! Yeah, I forgot all about that. Thanks for bringing that back up, David. That was very cool of you to do that too. No problem. 
So, uh, again, we want to thank people for listening to the show. Please go up to iTunes and uh, post a review of the show. It's, it's shorter now. You don't have to complain about the length. That's right. <laughs> it's shorter. So, next, so go to iTunes and don't complain about the length. That's right. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about, like I said, Hulu coming off Boxy. Uh, we're going to talk about iChat, what you could do with iChat. And uh, we're going to have a feature on cloud computing. So uh, thanks again to Otherworld Computing for sponsoring the podcast, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. <laughs>